1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: It's Mike show. You might be mocking me or you might be staunchly agreeing with me. I can't tell.
3: I'm mocking you.
2: And the Bulldog.
3: What is Fozzie Uh, Bear's role in this production?
0: On WGR Sports Radio 550.
2: Let's get back to hockey. Okay. What do you think?
3: What do I think? Do they make it?
2: Do they make it? It's close. What's cool right now today is... I'm sorry, was that not definitive enough? It's close? I mean, maybe.
3: They're like a coin flip, aren't they?
2: I have a bet with a co-worker that they will.
3: I mean, a the, little, maybe they're a little north of 50% to get in.
2: I haven't seen today. Is that money puck?
3: Not sure. Sorry.
2: The Micah McCurdy chart had them at like 88.9 points mm-hmm. or something like that. Is that the number? Is that enough to make it? 89 points? I don't think so. So it's it's that close. But what right now I think is today, tomorrow, this time, is excitement over... Like we've already established that it's a pretty good, likable, fun team right now like that isn't news quite anymore but so not but now we're at the point of the season there's a third of the games left so many the last month has been so strange they've been on the they've been on the road so much out west all the time the all-star break the bye week like they've had very few home games and actually the ones they've had have gone badly you know Mm -hmm. since when more, more than a month ago,
3: maybe they lost both games around the break. Right? They they looked bad against Carolina before the break. They got drilled by Calgary coming out of the break. Um. So their last yeah. home
2: win is a month ago tomorrow, yeah. January twenty first. Anaheim. You were at that game. Yeah. That's the thing. Is like right now, this is a Sabers week. This is a, a test, not to be just cliche, but for what they can do with this opportunity. They're not going to get to play the Sharks and the Ducks and all these Western teams. Not that they're all of them are terrible; they beat the good ones too. But they, in this little sort of niche area, did really well, winning out west this year. And now it's like, okay, well, it's the Leafs and the Lightning, and then Florida, who is probably at least arguably better than they are. It's just a, it's close in the standings, and then Washington. You know, you want to make it. This is again, it's just cliche-ish, and maybe what you read. You want to make it. You do it by holding your own even coming out on top in games like this. So, for the fans right now, like this is <laughs> this is taking me back to boy, you know, when was the last time they were alive realistically this late and if you can help me figure out when that was, I'm sure I had a very different attitude about it because it was sort of on the decline. And this this team is not on the decline, quite quite not. So are we going back like to pre-Eichel days? Aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We have to be. I, I that I one think, Bilesma year they were not like contending.
3: No, no, they got they got they they had a good finish to the year. I think they might have even played. Boy, Paul is going to be with us in an hour, and maybe he's got this committed to memory. Although that can be pretty risky. We're talking about Paul and me together. Holy cow! Um, but I think maybe they played at like a 96 point pace over the final 30 games or something of that one Bilesman year, the first Bilesman year. Um, but no, they they weren't. They never got to the point where they were in a, any kind of a race. But they they did do well down the stretch. They were just so far out of it by the time that started happening that it didn't matter. Um, and well, of course, it didn't really, fu- you know, come through the next year. They didn't they didn't pick up where they left off.
2: The year after they last made it, they were close. Yes, and that's also eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. And that, if if I remember right, and who could blame anyone, not just Paul, but anyone for not being sure how they remember it, it was sort of you're just trying to squeeze in and it's like when they when they sold the team when Pagolos right. bought the team was... well
3: last year they made it they went crazy to make it right they, they had a crazy stretch after the sale of the team and then the following season the spring was similar to that there was a game in Washington they won Palmerville took the puck off of vechkin to score a shorthanded goal I think if I remember correctly they won a game in Washington and got into a playoff spot with a few games to go uh, but couldn't they they couldn't close the deal they, they just they got they got beat out, and so that that's that's
2: that's two thousand twelve.
3: Yeah, that's the last time that any of this has been like this. So you are talking about a week here with Toronto in your place for the only time all year. By the way, <laughs> um, and then Tampa and like you said, Florida and Washington. Like this is as big a week as they've had in you know yeah since then since since like. March, April of 2012. Well, That's, then, that I mean that that <laughs> really is saying something. I mean, I welcome it, but I mean, it's been a damn long time, of course. So, um, you know, it's a it's a big week for you know, obviously the standings that hopefully just keeps going the whole time. I mean, they lost those four in a row again around the 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 bye. And just sort of felt like, boy, I'm standing still here and teams are going past me and great, I've got all these games in hand. Well, you still have all those games in hand and the gap is, you know, you, you did a nice job. You won two out of three out west and you're you're, you're back kind of right where you were before the break.
2: Yeah, Miller, Gostad, Hesht, players on, of course, Vanek and others. Pominville was maybe the captain of that team, like. That's uh that's how far far back we're going. Everybody knows that. But this is fun right here. Can they do it? The trade deadline is a week from Friday, and they have been linked in a couple to a couple guys that are gonna cost, you know, big value at the deadline if they are traded. Timo Meyer is one that we've talked about more than anyone else. He's injured now. He got hurt against the Sabers, right? Saturday. I guess,
3: I guess so. Yeah. I didn't keep a close eye on that game. I think by the time I got to it, he was already out of the game.
2: Saturday yeah, night. upper body day to day. So who knows how bad that is. The Sharks. Are you noticing that teams are keeping guys out, and they're saying it's for trade reasons?
3: Yes. I. I, I was. I think I was. Um, yeah. My friend John Gale was over last uh, yesterday to watch the Daytona 500 and and the golf. And we ended up getting to the Leafs-Blackhawks game when everything wrapped up, those other two events, I mean. And we were talking about it, how guys, you know, all around the league, you're hearing, like, this Gavrikov from Columbus, like, yeah, just go home. And, you know, there there are others that have, have – teams have done the same thing with guys, and, I mean, it's still – you know, it was two weeks out from the deadline, and you're already sitting guys down for trade-related reasons. I I don't. I don't recall it ever being that early. Like teams have done that with guys, you know, right up to right up at the deadline.
2: And maybe they even lied about why they were sitting.
3: Maybe, maybe. Uh, But I think it's very it's unique here. What's happening this year? It's the first time I I feel like the number of guys who have been. It's been announced. The team has said we're holding them out for trade related reasons. Yeah, the Arizona's doing that with Chickren, right? I don't know. I think they are.
2: Ottawa had a player yesterday or Saturday, this weekend that they did that, and then he was traded later in the day.
3: Tyler Mott, yeah.
2: Tyler Mott, yeah. It's very, almost shocking. Yeah. For NHL teams to like actually tell you for real, that this is the reason, not just do it. You know, oh, he's got a he's co- he's got a cold, illness yeah. undisclosed for as little as they tell you. It's interesting that they're willing to tell you. Now it's like the practice is to tell you. That, yeah, we just don't want them to get hurt in in we're our next meaningless him. game. <laughs> yeah, like we're right. Columbus, and why don't, the next step is maybe telling you that we're hoping we lose. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's that, that's probably that's probably never coming. But you know, we'll just wink, wink. We 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 know. So, trade related reasons. We, we're wondering, and any fan really keyed up for this is also wondering if the Sabers will be bold here. Because they don't have to be. Like, it's it's true that you have to go back to when Ryan Miller was their goalie and Lindy Ruff was their coach for them to even have been close to a playoff spot. Like, that's incredible. And that's true, and we're all just, like, so ready for it. Imagine th- these games. You know, if they get in and they play the Bruins, you know, like, it's just sort of all the way back if that happens. But in terms of management, like, you know, we could debate this. I don't think the hockey department should care about that. Like, that is just not going to help them make an optimal decision. If if you're doing anything to this roster because your fans, you know, have have not had the playoffs in so long, I certainly respect, and I want to think ownership cares about that, and even Adams, you know, that they they appreciate that and respect that. But I'm not, with this team the way it's trending, I'm not compromising – my future for this for this reason like I and and that's not just sort of a philosophy that's also just like what's realistic you you, Timo Meyer who's maybe the best guy who would cost a lot in a trade how many more wins is that for these 20 how many games will be left by the time they do it if they do it like 21 games you know one it's a it's a it's a few goals you know hopefully that somebody else wouldn't have scored but it's not more than probably like five So, if you get into the playoffs, then you can add to that, (laughs) hopefully.
3: And one game could be, I mean, you're in a race here. Like, somebody is going to miss out on being in the playoffs by a point or two. It could be you. So, I know that's not a dramatic impact, um, like, immediately. uh, But it's also not nothing. And I like the Meyer idea, always have, because it's not, it's not a thirty two year old unrestricted free agent to be it's a prime of his career capable thirty plus goal scorer who i have the money i i have i have the cap room to take it on um and you know and, and do a and do a long contract with him if i if i pay that big price to acquire him and I've got the pieces you got i i you know it remains to be seen just like how valuable. Any of their three first round picks from last year are uh in in you know as far as being trade chips go, but ultimately, a, every guy you picked even in the first round isn't going to hit their ceiling. Uh, b, if they did, I don't have I don't have two teams, you know like i I've got some guys here already that I feel like you are pretty locked into, right? Thompson, Tuck, Skinner's not going anywhere for a long time. Cousins. Cousins, Paterka, Quinn are, I mean, sure, Paterka and Quinn are learning as they go, but they're, like, at the front of the line for, to me, top six spots on this team next year. And so, and, and if I get Meyer, I'm already bumping probably one of those guys out of the way, uh, you know, further down the lineup. So where where where's the path for Kulik, Savoy, Oslin, uh, Rosine, like whoever else is coming? The, the, these guys aren't projected as fourth line plugger role player types. So package a couple of them up, get one piece that is gonna help push you across the finish line maybe this year, and also be a part of a contending team for years to come. That that's that's a perfect trade in my opinion. Uh, I'm not saying I want to be flippant and and casual with these assets that they've got, but they're not. There's not going to be room for all of them if you nailed every pick. I don't think anyway. There won't be. I agree. At least not in the roles that they were drafted
2: for. I agree. I think it does make sense. You had three first round picks last year. You have three seconds next year or this year coming up. If that is worth anything, just you know, af- after that, the philosophically, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm before you started talking. I'm talking about like why, what, what kind of trades you don't want to make in this at this moment in time. But yes, this kind of thing where it can be for the long term, it has to be for it to be worth doing. Then um, I'm certainly at least open to that. Maybe I even want to do that. Then then. You have to figure out like say you have the beginnings of a conversation here, San Jose, two players, a first round pick, you know, is that already too much? Depends on the players, I guess. Then you have to use and I think the Sabres would probably trust themselves very much, these these new sabers, the post Jason Botterell Sabres, with what they've built in their front office, you have to you I would assume they would trust themselves in terms of evaluation very much. And which of these young guys, so tough to know but you know what to look for good or bad and then have to make a call on which of them you know you you trade one of these first round picks in a trade like this it can haunt you mm-hmm. i mean that's that's how it goes sometimes because you know you pick the wrong one or something but then I mean, that's that's the game we're playing
3: yep Kulik, to me, reads like the guy that would be that, the, the guy that you don't want to part with right now, which might end up meaning that he's the guy that if San Jose yes. were to really earnestly get into this with you, they might be like, I'm hanging up on you if you don't want to include him in the deal. He was outstanding at the World Juniors. He's had a nice year, his first year here in North America, uh, playing for Rochester, and you know, that that could that could be a guy you'd, you'd, you'd rather not part with, but... I'm I'm here to tell you I would do it, in in the right trade and Meyer to me is the right trade. Like I have no interest in parting with any of these assets at all for a rental like Patrick Kane. I, I just I, I mean if it needs to be said, uh, even because I feel like it's so obvious that the time would not be right for them to make that sort of move. I don't need to sacrifice even if I don't have room for all these guys. That is not a good return on that investment. If, if those guys are have 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 decent value. These these prospects on the trade market. I'm not burning it on a guy I'm going to have for 20 games. He's 34 years old. No eight, thanks.
2: 803055040 uh, Saber thoughts here as we talk. See that sneaky Joe compiled most Sabers goals per president on President's I, Day.
3: I, I think I did. I think I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I I don't have. I don't. Tell me more.
2: Who are the two Sabers? To have scored oh, – can I actually spit this out right the first time? All right, who are the two Sabres to have scored the most goals under more than one president in in more than one presidential periods in American history? Two Sabres have – they they claim two presidents. You got it?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay,
2: yeah. that's yeah. it. That's it.
3: Well – parole played his entire career here scored a lot and would have been what Nixon Gerald Ford into Jimmy Carter even beyond um, even into Reagan
2: however he only gets one he only only one president was president for when a period of years went by and Gilbert Perot scored more than any other saber <laughs> Okay, Jimmy Carter who by the way got to wish him well right now Jimmy yeah, Carter. yeah
3: for sure that's a that's a that's a hell of a man right there.
2: Perot uh, was the Sabers' leading scorer in the Carter during the Carter administration, but okay. that's the only one he he has claim to.
3: Um, I want to guess Miro Miroshitan.
2: No, none. Okay.
3: Mm, tough. I'm not doing great at this game. It's a, it's, it's a little complicated. Joe also
2: did Bills touchdown passes by president, by the way, if you uh, need oh, that. Look at Joe. I know. All
3: right. Can you just give me some answers? Yes. I, I feel like my guess Yes, I'll text pretty, you. Pretty, oh, okay. Great. Do that then. Here. Yeah. To hell with the audience.
2: Mike Fellino was the highest scoring Saber during the eight Ronald Reagan years. Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe two terms is the key there. Maybe Gilbert is like Reagan won. But Felino takes him down through Reagan, too. You think yeah. maybe?
3: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. The
2: two-term yeah. guys, they really test you.
3: Okay, I feel like this <laughs> is a clue then. Like, who would have been the leading Sabre scorer during the Clinton administration?
2: So that is... 2000 What is that? 92 to 2000. Because 2000 okay. is Bush score. So 92 oh. to 2000. Who scored more goals for the Sabres in those years than anyone else?
3: That's why I like Shatan as a guest. It's not Shatan, No. Because no. he doesn't
2: arrive until, like, 97.
3: Okay. Yeah, that's right.
2: So uh. this player, that's a key, because this player had a nice lead by then.
3: Donald Audette. Yes. <laughs> Donald Audet. I feel so happy that I got one.
2: <laughs> I am happy for you. I'm happy with you. 'cause I don't want you to be wrong all over and over, oh
3: sure I know it's it's it's, it's bad it's bad bad form
2: two Sabres have two Do you haven't named any of them yet either of them yet mogilmi no one is twelve no let's see this guy oh it's o... this guy's over twelve years. So it's two presidents, a four and an eight, a one-termer and a two-termer. Is that ever? Is that a term? Is termer a term? And then another. It's I think it comes out to about six years over two presidents.
3: Twelve years. Dave Anderchuk?
2: No. I, I, Vanek
3: want to stop i was gonna guess vanik 12 years
2: over so vanik is first this is all just according to sneaky joe it could be very sneaky it could be all wrong and just oh, never cop yeah. to it but probably right vanik for george w bush and obama is is vanik so that's 2000 to 2012 is vanik
3: right but he's not sorry when you said 12 years i stopped thinking about vanik because he's not here for 12 years
2: wait it's 2016 it's 16 years Bush and Obama were both two-term presidents, so he's got the 2000 right, he, to 2008.
3: Yes, but yes. He but he okay, but he doesn't start playing here until 2005.
2: No, I know, but he still yeah. wins. Yeah, yeah. Like that's gotcha. pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. I yeah. guess they didn't have a lot of big goal scorers from like 2000 to Vanek, and there's a, a lost year in there too, for Vanek right. to win the the George W. Bush section.
3: <laughs> it's president. Right, style. his rookie year is oh five oh six. Yeah. And he's kind of a spare part but still scores 20. Then the next year it's 43, and he's just, yeah, that's it. He's a he's a, he's a a scorer.
2: So nobody from, like, those lean years, the bankruptcy years, gets there, gets to Vanek's number by by 08. That's what Joe was saying. And then Vanek wins the Obama years, too, so that's 8 to 16. When does he, that's definitely right. That's, of course, right. That has to be right.
3: Sure, unless but he's, gone, he's gone by thirteen, like he's gone by like Halloween of thirteen. That's when that was. Yeah.
2: The other is Rick Martin, Nixon, oh. Nixon and Ford. Okay. Right out of the gate.
3: What a beautiful player he was. Loved him.
2: I wish I could say that I watched Rick Martin and remember it. I loved playing golf with him, and he was funny. What
3: a wonderful
2: guy. He he was a cool guy, great to talk to, interesting and funny. Uh, But I just, like, I can remember Gilbert very well. He played much longer, but not Martin or Robert. Like, that's just, you know, YouTube. But I don't have that. You have that. I don't have that.
3: I do have that, yeah.
2: We'll take a break. And come back after the update, 803-0550. Speaking of the Sabres, Paul Hamilton will join us at 6. Lines are open now. This is Mike Schopen, the Bulldog WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday
0: afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild.